Video, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. Brittany and I decided we waited long enough, and we tracked down one of the hot new releases from February. Critics and audiences are a bit divided on it, but we decided we needed to form our own opinion. 80 for Brady is pretty fun. Yes, it is a giant ad for the NFL, but it wisely is set against the backdrop of one of the weirdest Super Bowl comebacks and kind of forced gumps it in a way I didn't think they'd actually have the gall to do. Really, the most disappointing part of the experience was the new self-serve concession, which ensured Britney's popcorn was not fresh and layered butter, not an option. Yeah. I'm Nathan Rohrer, and I usually just get a soda. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here. Uh, okay, there's oh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Self-serve popcorn is just the worst decision movie theaters have ever made. It's... It's we were so, so thrown. We went up to the front, and they're like, "Oh, um, which no, location are you go? At? I'm interested." Uh, the Shaughnessy, like a uh, Coliseum or whatever it used to be called. Oh, okay, yeah, that's Landmark. the one. That's the one we go to to see. Ashley's parents live in the south, so when we go to see like Marvel films, we always have to go to that one, and the popcorn is always subpar. Is and Brittany was really excited too because in general she's like, oh, Landmark is so much better at popcorn yes. than Cineplex, and you've trapped us in this horrible bargain with Satan, <laughs> where we have like a membership and we can only go to Cineplex. She didn't say any of this. I'm I'm giving vitriol to her very innocent words, uh, but she was excited about this popcorn experience, and then was immediately kind of yeah. like, oh, it's because yeah, that's the like. There's three Landmarks in Calgary: Market Mall and Country Hills. Both do like live popcorn. Like where the machines making it and they serve it up for you, and it is better popcorn than Cineplex. But Shaughnessy's downfall is it's like when was this bagged? I don't know, five minutes Today. ago, an hour ago. Yeah, who knows? Did somebody else grab this bag and put it back? Maybe because that's also a thing. Or like just kind of eyeball it or have a chrome. No, no, no. I've seen scale. people grab it, go and be like, "Oh, this is too big," and put it back. Like turn around <laughs> and put it back. Uh, and it's like no one's stopping them it's a yeah. terrible idea it's a weird system i bet it's easier on the staff and i i sympathize in general with staff i i was momentarily signed on to work in a movie theater and i gave up before i even had to throw down like before i had to get in there i bailed just you quit the job like they gave you the job like i got said- another job like after my first training like a uh, shift but before i did anything and was I was like, when oh, you went I'm to out. Indigo? I think so, yeah. I think Indigo came through and saved me from working in a movie theater. At Cineplex that's, West Hills, right? I think. Uh, it was uh, Chinook. It was Chinook, Chinook Center. Okay. Yeah. I Which think was kind of neat because I, I got to like, see some back I being grumpy rooms. with you because I was just like, we can go to all the movies now, Nathan. Like, it's it's crazy. It's like, no, I don't want to. I can't. I'm going to read books. I'm going to go work. I'm going to go work for a company that's going to leak my personal information in about 10 years. In recent days, though, I was thinking about it again because it's like, oh, yeah, there'd be, like, weird ebbs and flows to a shift at the movie theater because, like, a bunch of shows would be going on. Yes. And then there'd be a dip. Huge Where dip. nothing's happening yeah. for, like, a cleanup. movie's length of time. Yeah. yeah. You just so, do, like, a little bit of cleanup. You have to deal with, like, an hour's worth of busy and then, like, a good solid hour and a half of just, like, you're just tidying, getting ready for the next busy. Just getting it ready for the next wave of uh, people, yeah. Really quick, did you hear about this from Chapters in Indigo? No, what, the data corruption? Is it Plum Rewards? No, 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 it's employees. Oh. A bunch of their former employees' information has been fully, like, taken on the internet. So just be wow. mindful of your credit score. Okay. I haven't worked there in, like, nine years. Yeah, Do you think matter. they still it's, have that yeah. record? 
I think so. Like every I, what, everything I'm reading online, it's like old employees that are getting screwed over. Oh, that's weird. Cause yeah, so, cause like I thought you only needed to keep stuff for income tax purposes for like seven years. And that depends if if they got rid of it in seven years. Like if oh. they got rid of it two a couple years ago. Man, so they I didn't, hate checking my credit score. <laughs> so, but all right, it sucks. Um. Okay, the other piece was 80 for Brady. That's the movie that you're like, let's go see 80 for Brady. We, we were scared we were going to miss it. Yeah, we were we were kind of sitting on our laurels on that one because we saw the ad and we we're like, you know what? Lily Tomlin's great. Let's go watch her movie. Kay. But you know what? Not this weekend. Oh, business trip. Not this weekend. And by the time we were looking into it this week, it was like gone except for like three theaters had a matinee going okay. on. So we had to plan this whole like breakfast outing and – then we'll go hit the two o'clock or whatever. Yeah, it's it's because it's for senior citizens that don't. Have it to to is work. for senior citizens because <laughs> that theater was like packed, but yeah, sixty plus easy for like yeah. almost everybody. No, and that's why I did Wells because it was like, oh man, who is this for? It is for the sixty five plus. This is for like eighty, crowd. and the yeah. staff, like the cast, is like all seventy five plus. Yeah, yeah, they're like the all they're like. It was like Jane Fonda. Like it was like it was a bunch of old men in that room that were hot for Jane Fonda that are probably still hot for her now. And, and we were kind of like, you know what? Like, we kind of like Golden Girls, and we're sure. getting Golden Girls vibes from Okay, this, so this was know? a mutual, like, excitement thing going on here. Brittany was more excited about, about it, but she literally pitched to me, like, hey, so you want to go see that Ant-Man? I was like, no. What about 80 for Brady? I would so much rather see 80 for Brady. <laughs> like, it was like three to one, like, interest rate gotcha. for me. Gotcha. So okay. we went and saw 80 for Brady. Okay. Uh, and he, yeah, Tom Brady is there. He, there's a bobblehead that like, yeah, I, I don't talks. really want to, I, I have zero, like next, cause <laughs> Sally Field, things, dude, she's great. Sally Field's there. Lily Tomlin, I do like, but I'm watching her on West Wing. So I'm happy. I get enough of her there. You get enough Lily Tomlin. Uh, okay. I just, I hate football. I hate football so much. <laughs> it that, is like, so football. I don't yeah. care. And I hate Tom Brady and I hate the NFL. I hate anything that makes the NFL oh, look so, like a it's good so organization. Tom Brady propaganda too, man. It's crazy. So I, I'm sorry. Like I just, I just, I don't could I never do see it. Care. Yeah, it's because okay. I'm not going to volunteer that. Like Ant Man three was a blast and I had a great time. So that's not an information that I was going to volunteer at all. But I, oh, okay. I, I am. Um. Oh wait, I thought it was garbage though. <laughs> yeah, that's what the internet wants you to think. It's just honestly, man. It's I think it's a mixture of critics just being tired of having to go see them because they're not fans, but they have to because of their jobs. Yeah, and I, I sort of feel that way too, though. After true. the recent Phase Four Gauntlet, it was just like, man, you guys didn't need to make all of this. Sure, but yeah. Well, it's more that I think it's. I think it was. I think we're. It's changing because, uh, Chapik, the CEO, forced. Feige to release everything on a schedule yeah and, if, and immediately now that Iger's back involved like they just delayed marvels from july to november so we're not getting oh it's three... still this year though right i saw a yeah. poster for it but it's like, we're not oh, getting has three to be movies out. in the in six months we're getting three and 12 type of thing now so okay okay they're they're slowing things down like Feige has talked about how he wants to slow things down because phase four was too much stuff too jam-packed yes yeah and it too felt much like content. homework assignments at some point yeah exactly and that's what he doesn't want you to feel you know what he said he said i don't want it to feel like you're consuming content because that's i don't like that idea i want you to have fun with my with the movies and the shows we're making so yeah okay. um but i also sorry to be so snappy about oh, it no, 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 I, I, I was I very care. like no i'm pretty I can't, confident I can't. in my marvel uh love 
And I'm so happy for people to not watch it because I don't want people to watch it and then rag on it because they hate it. But I'm like, just okay. don't go see it anymore. Like, that's my opinion is like, cause I know so many people in my life that are like, Oh, I'm so tired of these Marvel movies. And then they're there opening weekend. And I'm like, what are you doing? Boo. Like, it's like, there's a yeah. different level of me going to see avatar a month after it came out. Begrudgingly. After 10 plus, like after 10 years between sequels, and then I'm never seeing another one again in theaters. But these guys are seeing one, like four times a year to go in to see a Marvel movie opening weekend and being like, this is garbage. I hate it so much. But then they're back at the next one. And I'm just like, this is so exhausting to me. Just let me enjoy it. Go away. Like, go away. Fair weather fans. That's yeah. where I am. I'm a fair weather fan. Which is fan. fine. Like, you can be a fair weather fan and you can like some of them, not like others. Be t- sick and tired of it. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Don't go see Ant-Man if you don't want to go see it. I had a good time. I've liked all of Phase 4 for various varying degrees. Mm. And I like that what they tried to do. I agree. Way too much stuff came out. But I'm just tired of the people that are just like, they want something to fail because it's gotten too big. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's sort of a false. It's like, oh, if Disney wasn't making these, they would be greenlighting so many Coen Brothers movies and <laughs> like uh, Quentin Tarantino, like stuff you want. They would make those. Christopher Nolan would probably get more money yeah. to make uh, his like. He's, he already movie. got all the money to make it, so I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you're right. That's not a thing that happens. So, anyways, like we would, Ryan. If if the MCU didn't exist, there would have been like seven Todd Field movies between Tar and Little Children. I, exactly, that's how that's, Hollywood math works. That's how Hollywood math works. He he had been so like, many killer screenplays, and there's yeah, like, nope. Well, you know what? They would have. If you're right, because if Steven Spielberg didn't exist as a director, Stanley Kubrick would have directed way more. He would have made way more movies, but the the money was gone. Like he would go to the Money Man, and there's and they're like, like, oh nope, no, we're sorry. making. We're making a Steven Spielberg movie. We're not going to make one of your movies because we're actually funneling money away from Barry Lyndon for the Jaws budget. That's yeah. what they. That's what they did. Different studios, but somehow that happened. <laughs> somehow that happened. <laughs> Anyways, my point is, and I think this nails it. It's okay for populist films to exist with other things because they all come out anyways at the rate that the people want to make them. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so you like Dave for Brady? I'm happy to hear that, man. I'm happy you had a good time in movie theater. It, yeah, it's fun afternoon of dumb stuff, and man, Forrest Gump. Like, so what do you mean? The, explain this Forrest? Like, by it, that, okay. I just mean that they like have characters interfere with like a historical event in a sort of like, you know, Forrest Gump looking out his window and be like, "Huh, there's some sort of Watergate going on over there," like <laughs> okay. that kind of thing. They like intervene during Super Bowl Fifty One and like give Tom Brady a pep talk to smoke those Falcons. Sorry, and then sorry, he sorry. Does. Is Fifty One? I don't know anything about which Super Bowls. Which was Fifty One last year? No, no, Fifty One was Twenty Seventeen. Okay, uh, it was the one where the Falcons were up twenty eight to three, and, and he lost was a Patriot still, right? Not a Buccaneer. Yes, he was. He was with the New England Patriots at the okay. time. But it was one of the biggest choke jobs in, like, sports history by the okay. Falcons. <laughs> but they characterize it as, like, no, Lily Tomlin, like, got in his so, ear and said, listen, step up, So did up, they have bro. a lot of, like, Trump gags in this movie? No, he's not. Yeah, he's not acknowledged as, as the current president. You're right. They don't get it. Because they hate him. I would I'm have sure thought those ladies, those ladies yeah. would have, like, ragged on, like, if you're going to Forrest Gump it, you have Trump be something, do something dumb. No, they don't intervene in important history, just sports history. <laughs> so okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy you you enjoyed it. I came close to watching uh, Cocaine Bear, 
but then I didn't. I, 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 there was a point in time where I would have been like game for cocaine bear and then they advertised it to death in my yeah. circle. See, like I saw Reddit ads too many times okay. in one month and I was like, I can't, I, please. I, d- cause I'm not, I didn't get it. This is, was, uh, what was the movie to me that got advertised to death is Babylon. I still have like yet to watch Babylon, even though it's on Paramount plus I could watch it any day, any second. And everyone talks about like, oh man, that ending is crazy. And like amazing, that I just can't get that terrible trailer out of my brain. I'm it was just like, so bombastic and exhausting. Like I just, but not hope in an interesting way though. Isn't like that, yeah. Like it, like there's other trailers that was going for the energy. Like, do you remember the Wolf of Wall Street trailers or had that similar vibe? Sure. I liked that trailer though. Okay. Whereas this was, trailer, I was just like, Jesus. something is not connecting. Like I don't, I don't care if she's gonna fight a snake. Like I don't care. That yeah, they they kind of hang their hat on some gags, and it's just like I don't think this is funny, and yeah. this movie wants me to be excited about yeah. this or something, and I'm not I'm not picking it up, I'm not getting it. Um, but I'm hoping that's because it's actually a three hour like mood piece, and it's really boring, yeah. <laughs> you know. But we gotta we gotta get people. Margaret Robbie and, and Brad Pitt are gonna jump off a roof or something. It's like okay, but also boring things because it's the twenties. Uh, I did see Knock at the Door though. M Night's new one? Oh, the cabin or whatever. The yeah, knock at the cabin. Sorry. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a solid. It's a solid, just uh, contained horror thriller movie. Is it like a moral dilemma movie, like The Box or whatever? Like the Richard Kelly. It's a moral button. dilemma in that, like, do you believe these people or not? Type of thing. Oh, okay. So, so you're making a blind choice, kind of, or with faith. very little inf- information that could be construed one of two ways. Okay. So, anyways, are those great performances were fantastic. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, I'm Ryan, and we are a movies podcast. So that's perfect. This that's what perfect. we're talking about. But we're not going to talk about uh, eighty for Brady today uh, anymore. Uh, but this is Nathan, <laughs> and I'm Ryan. Um. All right. Uh, this week's Mike's are, marks our final ladies' choice film with Ashley's submission. She's all that. Speaking of the Super Bowl, this film was released on January 29th, 1999, which just so happens to be the weekend of the other big game the Atlanta Falcons lost. Uh-huh. Wait, it the Super Bowl re- used to be in January? Uh, it it kind of depends how the season goes out. But yeah, it was the weekend going into February, apparently, back okay. in this time. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons lost both of these things we just talked about. Uh, it was written by Arlie Fleming Jr., wink, and directed by Canada's own Robert Iskov. Budget at only $7 million. This movie was a big hit, grossing over $103 million. 63 domestic, 40 international. I winked because uh, M. Night Shyamalan, who you were just talking about, yeah. might have been involved in the screenplay. Oh, sure. He was, like... he was a bit of a doctor back in those days. Yeah. There's kind of question to varying degrees. Like, no, I basically ghostwrote that movie. No, you didn't. Like, there's kind of like a... Well, that guy, he just wrote, he's all that. He Netflix's did. terrible, terrible follow-up follow up to this movie. Not a sequel, Gender though. Swapped. Like, not a direct sequel. Because, like, actors are in it, but not as themselves. But as different characters, which yeah. seems like a weird choice. But, yeah. Really weird choice. So, like, why would Just make just a have, sequel. Just like, make, like, hey, here's Matthew Lillard. He's back, and he's this guy again. Yeah, now he's producing reality shows. But before we get into any of this, I will do the summary this week. Lainey Boggs lost her mom less than a year ago. 
She's never been a social butterfly, instead opting to help her dad look after her little brother and focus on art in her last year of high school. These are bad things for her to be doing, as mansplained to her by her friend, her brother, her dad, and a duplicitous stalker named Zach, who is trying to use her to win a bet with his friend, Dean Sampson Jr. Over the course of his deceptive attempts to invite her to the prom, Zach realizes she'd actually be pretty cute if she stopped wearing glasses, got a haircut, maybe smiled a little more, and essentially stopped being herself and instead conformed to society's standards of beauty. If she were to do all that, maybe he'd genuinely fall in love for, with her, and she'd have the honor of dating a boring, one-dimensional hot guy. Hooray! I don't like this genre. <laughs> okay, so. that's key. That's key to get out of the gate right off the bat. Nathan is not a romantic comedies person. I, I was going through my IMDb history, and it was like, if there was one that could be called one, it had to have like a higher concept, like time Like Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, Eternal Sunshine. I was like, yeah, but that one's kind of weird and high concept. Like Palm Springs is kind of high concept. But it's not a a Groundhog Day. It's not. I know they they don't really fit. Like Yes Man, you know. Yes Man. Yeah, Yes Man can be a little bit of a rom com, but it's more of a Jim Carrey comedy. Right. You kind of have to come up with a gimmick, a la liar liar style. Which, to be fair, a gimmick is not a bad thing because, like, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days has a gimmick in it. It's I just also like don't not really like that movie, but yeah, which is fine. I'm I'm not, but it's like, but it's not a Jim Carrey vehicle gimmick is the thing, right? I feel this movie's gimmick is this kind of mean spirited bet, and I never got over that. Sure, <laughs> so. it's well, the, no, this movie's gimmick is a pretty classic in the in the trope, uh, which is the the girl who you unsuspectingly is gorgeous. Oh, the ugly duckling kind yes. of like like oh, the if princess she just diaries slightly different. Yeah, Princess Diaries does this as well with Anne Hathaway. To better effect, Anne Hathaway, they do a very good job of like Clutching concealing her, up her or something, or like they like didn't like she didn't pluck her eyebrows for like months, so she had like a unibrow. Her hair was okay. super frizzy, and so her reveal was like a little more dramatic than the, like Rachel Lee Cooks in this movie. Yeah, just like, like no, this when they were pretty. looking we at her about? fall over, it's just like so. Are they just like not perceiving her bone structure or like the symmetry of her face or something because she's wearing glasses? Like no, I was so I mean. annoyed. No, but it's like okay. Here's the thing, and I knew this was going to be a tough episode, and this is totally fair because I I didn't love Death Becomes Her, uh, so yeah. I, was, I was a bit of a wet rag on that episode. So I'm I'm happy to to go through this with you. But when it comes to rom-coms, you got to think of them as fantasies. They not they don't represent real life. Okay. Cuz like you're right, all these worlds, like this is a stupid silly universe where like like there's literally a dance sequence in this movie. Two At Fat least Boy it's Slim. Two Fat Boy Slim, I which I was like, "Hey, I like Fat Boy Slim." So, fine. Which is great. But what I'm saying is like what what version of life do you live where all of a sudden like there's a dance sequence and you just had to have an usher say, "Hey everyone, do the moves I taught you." Like that's, yeah. that's all he says. <laughs> That that dance sequence specifically is highlighted in the the trivia bit because it's like this was kind of just added to pad out the movie. Which is it's like, yo, we're at like 90 minutes. Can we get a couple more somewhere, dude? Let's do a dance bit, and then yeah. they got like Adam Shankman to choreograph this thing. Perfect. Sounds uh, like test audiences initially were like, what? Why is this happening? And then they added like Usher to at least tie that together yeah. a little bit. But yeah, no. It, hey, honestly. I'm 100% there for it. Hey, all right. I'm it is with a Ashley super 1999 camp. moment. That's the thing. I'm with Ashley in this can. When I was in junior high school, 
first of all, right off the bat, I like romantic comedies. I'm more of a Richard Curtis person myself. Sure. Um, but I like romantic comedies, and I always have. When I was a, in junior high, I had a bunch of girl cousins that would be like, hey, let's go see these movies in theaters, and me being a movie theater lover would easily and happily go. So I saw, okay. like, She's All That, Drive Me Crazy, which is Melissa Joan Hart, and uh, I saw a bunch of Julia Roberts, like Runaway Bride, all these things. Like, I was going to see these movies in theaters. Okay. So Whereas I was this is this is like I can't call it a cultural blind spot. I'm like, no no, I put on a blindfold and like walked away. Like I have no interest in most <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah. Uh so I I was like I guess hoping the late nineties like zaniness or something would get get things going for this me, but not, at some point I think what you were looking for like I gave have you up, seen Bring yeah. It On? No. Okay. I have not You actually if you want that like late '90s gimmicky zaniness, it'd be. Oh, a is that the competing on. cheerleaders yeah. movie? Yeah. Okay. That would be more. I think like you wouldn't probably like it, but that'd be more your what you're going for right now. What you're trying to like to find like late '90s weirdness or something. Or... Yeah, like this movie shouldn't exist because it's just a bunch of it's two competing cheerleading squads who are stealing stuff and it's yeah. dumb. It's like, at least there's some some goofy like thing driving it forward i i just didn't care very much about the core two characters so oh, i was really like having a tough time and i didn't want to be like mean to freddie prince jr because like i find him very boring in this movie sure but like as a dude he's earned a ton of nerd cred in the last couple decades like he's he, voice acted video game that's characters the thing. yeah he he went away wrestling and stuff yeah he went away from hollywood to become like a stay-at-home dad him and Sharon michelle geller have kids together like they're yeah yeah and he he walked away from hollywood and he started doing like more voice actor stuff yeah and exclusively in like he's so he's a big star wars nerd he's a massive wrestling nerd so he's like a big nerd but you're right like he doesn't have in his career as as a young actor this is what you get this movie yeah i know what you did last summer all of his movies are just like him playing this guy who has no dimensions it, it, he is in Wing Commander, though, right? He that's like, a, yeah. Well, you're you're bringing up some of my talking points. Okay, because I, I, while this was on, I was like, I kind of wish we were watching Wing Commander right well, now because it's Lillard and him. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I suggested Wing Commander because I wanted to do a video game bit thing, and I, well, Wing Commander was on that it's list. Back on the table, it's back on the menu <laughs> because this... him and Matthew Lillard have done five movies together. Okay, yeah, and that's th- this movie. Wing Commander, Summer Catch, and the two Scooby Doo's. The Scooby Doo films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, okay. I'll run through the plot. You can roll your eyes out loud. I, as I we just go did. Along. I I nailed it. But no, okay, I know. Fine. I'm saying like as we go along the plot. Beat points. beat by beat. How yeah. this goes, which is yeah. totally fine. Again, I I recognized when Death Becomes Her when it was happening. I was like Nathan's. This is gonna be Nathan's episode where he can be a bit of a. <laughs> Like this is where I don't want to be. Yeah, again, you were right though, because it's like it's not like we're being rude to you. I'm being rude to your wife, and that's no, no. She understands. Okay, this is important to get out there. Ashley understands that this movie is trash, and is like misogynistic and all those problems. But like, she falls within that camp of like she saw it at a time where that song hits, like the sixpence none the richer, and it's just like it's garbage that she can consume thoughtlessly. 
Like, it's like a comfort food movie it's now. It's massive comfort food for her. Like, it's just, like, she doesn't... She knows uh, none of this simpler is exemplary. Like, she would never show her, like, a kid and be like, hey, this is who you look up to in life. You should aspire to be Dean Sampson Jr. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's not, she's not, like... Like, that's not... She just, like, has this comfort. And for me, it's, like... It's kind of the argument I made with Pure Luck. Like, I'm... I have trash movies that I know are garbage, but I like them. Mm-hmm. And this is falls in that camp i like this movie though i've always liked she's all that so because okay. it is just stupid high school nonsense just but it also just stacked with a cast that i really just come on like this movie's got matthew lillard and paul walker in it like it, it yeah like i mean i'm used to paul walker from like the tammy and the t-rex era seeing him still playing a high schooler <laughs> at like 25 <laughs> is like a little weird here and there it's sure. just like he just looks older than all of these kids that are here. I think, no, I think that was one the of the things. Age. Rachel Lee, though, is like 19, 18. Yes. Yeah. And she just looks younger in a way that made me feel weird a couple times. But it's like, okay, Freddie Prince is only like 22. This isn't weird. If those two people got married, it wouldn't be weird. <laughs> no. But right now on screen, it looks like a older dude is kind of going after a high school Back girl. Back a younger girl. Yeah, it's he definitely. Weird. So yeah. Paul was definitely the older person on set, but he wasn't. All of them are like within that window of like twenties, twenties, yeah. like early twenties, where we used to. It's not like uh, the OC where the main character Ryan was almost thirty and he had a romantic relationship in the show with a seventeen-year-old or because, Smallville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, so we get we get introduced to this school. And, okay, it sucks that you didn't watch Not Another Teen Movie because there's so many, like, Not Another Teen Movie. Okay, I guess the way to compare it, you've seen Scary Movie, right? I have seen, I want to, maybe just the first one, but might have seen the first two Scary Movies. Okay, the first one, though, like, you know how it just pulled scenes from Scream but recontextualized it with gags? Yeah. yeah. That's what Not Another Teen Movie did with American Pie and She's All That. Okay, and Chris I, I, Evans, I've seen the ad like like back in the day when I was recording Simpsons episodes. I would get like TV spots for stuff, and I definitely sure. saw the not another teen movie bit. A yeah, times. and so Chris Evans was the is the is the Freddie Prince Jr. character. Okay, it's like a, actually you know it's Varsity Blues mixed with American Pie mixed with She's All That, and this is an era of like bad Broad films that parody. I have deep nostalgia for. Like I okay. like Varsity Blues. And Paul Walker's in that too, and I I know it's a bad movie. I get it's a bad movie, and I hate football. But something about James Vanderbeek being like, "I don't want your life," just gets me. I'm just like, "Oh, this is terrible and great." <laughs> this is like there there's basically that tension here too between like Tim Matheson and oh, Freddie Prince so Jr. Of just like I don't want to like go to the same school you went to, and well, like actually it was pretty great. Actually, was same ticket. Like, <laughs> laughing so hard in all those scenes because she was like, this is the most white boy rich kid problems like, she's ever This is the most <laughs> trust fund problem of just like, I don't want to spend my millions like that. <laughs> it's like, I can't really Whereas like Lady Bugs is actually poor and like has to go to like some Ricky or Dick at Art the school. very least working class. Like it seems like Kevin Pollock's pool business is doing okay. Yeah, their house okay. is pretty good. Dr. Poop. But like, he's a full time d- worker. Dr. You know? Poop. Um, okay, so the movie opens. Lenny Boggs is your uh, atypical late '90s grunge oriented pop, like, like but on the dark side, art, anti- kid. yeah, counterculture, 
Like she, her art is ugly and gross, but makes you think about and have weird feelings inside because there's a, a sewage system on it type of thing. Yeah, right? Using um, pool filters and stuff. But you got to imagine that, but not real. It's like the pop version of that. Like she's doing the pop version. Yeah, of Yeah, and like, and the credits has like you know her swirling paint and the names <laughs> yeah, appear and whatever. It's, so it's, silly. it's fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then we get introduced to uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, who is just like we get a shot of him. I love this shot. Cause the movie doesn't understand it. It's this is the most stupidest, silly thing in the entire world. But he walks into the school and all the people like are like adoring him. And then the first shot we get of Freddie Prince Jr. is the back of his head as he looks at his portrait <laughs> on the wall. And then he looks turns at a around. picture of himself. Yeah. yeah. And then he's smiling like he is in the portrait. And it's like not another teen movie does the same gag, but it's like they don't change it much because they know that that scene is stupid. Like it's such a gag in itself to be like. Here, this guy comes into school every day and just goes and checks out his portrait of himself being the coolest guy in school. Like, it's like the- yeah, there's immediately kind of a vanity to him, and yeah. he gets broken up with by like uh, his girlfriend Taylor Vaughn, who yeah. is just back from like spring break or something. Yeah, so this is just post spring break. And I, I will say, filmmaking wise, I actually liked how they went into this party scene. I thought it was clever. The walking through the hallways of the school and then because it's like up at the they're party. sitting down outside at like a table or something, and she's about to recount like how she met this guy she ended up cheating on him with. Yeah, and like it goes from the them camera at pans the table, over. and then suddenly there's all these people because yeah. we're in Florida now, and I was like, oh, that was kind of creative. Okay. Well, and it's and it was just a straight shot because it's all done on sets, so they just cut. And then they show shots of Taylor Vaughn dancing, but then they cut to Freddie Prince Jr. talking to Taylor Vaughn because he's like, come on, get to the point. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. Like, and then cuts back to the story, but it's all, they're in the party story. Like the narrators of the, the people telling the tale are also with themselves, like her in the backdrop dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was a reasonably creative, like flashback, I guess. Which you got to remember, like, so late nineties, like, I don't know how many of these you've seen. Have you seen like empire records? No. Have you seen Can't Hardly Wait? No. Okay. This is so, not like, my genre. <laughs> no, you're right. But there's this um well, okay, that's not I they're they're coming of age movies. Like they're like American graffiti for the nineties, those two movies. Okay, okay. Um they're like the everything changes in the night type parties like movies. Um this movie kinda like comes on the tail of this huge sweeping, like massive trend of teen movies. This stable of actors in various ways have all made a lot of movies with each other. Okay. Like, you think about this, like, Usher is in this movie with Clea Duvall is also yeah. in this movie. They were both in The Faculty. I know. I recently rewatched The Faculty and was kind of like, oh, there's a couple, like, yeah. people from that here. Matthew but, Lillard uh, it, yeah. obviously has been in the Scream movie. And uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Matthew Lillard, that same year would be Wind Commander. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in Scream 2 and she makes a cameo in this movie. Like, there's this, like, deep, tight circle and unfortunately, a lot of it focuses around the Weinsteins. Like, they had this stable of young actors that they were yeah. using. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't need to get on focus on that, but it's definitely, like, these are all really familiar faces in an era of film where it was, like, like, Freddie Prince Jr. wasn't enough to star a movie. Like, it wasn't, like, Freddie Prince Jr. starring in he was just like this guy and he would be in a movie with a bunch of other people like this guy 
You know what sure. I mean? Sure. He can play and the so, cool jock guy or the guy who yeah. has the car. And yeah. Paul Walker at this point was largely playing like a uh, douchebag high school student. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because he I can do so. that well. Like, that's one of the two things he does well. Like, he's, like, vaguely threatening a couple times. He's yeah. just like, man, getting bad vibes from I, Paul Walker I swear, right man, here. <laughs> he looks like he's juicing in this movie. Like, in real life juicing. He was, oh, like, weirdly... He's really flush sometimes. Yeah, like and his face red. was really, like, soft. Like, a little puffy. Yeah. And his, like, chest was huge. His chest and arms were massive. And I was just like, I wonder if he was juicing to be, like, more intimidating? I don't know. But, Anyways. yeah was getting aggressive energy from his character. But, I mean, yeah. I've always, so I think we talked about this on the show. I've always been a big Paul Walker fan. He's like the, <laughs> what is the line I use? It's the, he's the best worst actor. The hardest worst, the hardest working worst actor in, in Hollywood. What is that like hockey movie? Like, Oh no, it's not like, hockey. Running scared. Criminals. Is the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Running scared is the one I, I go to with like, he is, he can't act, but he's going to work hard. He's going to try. He's, he's going real hard to act. throw things at the wall and see if it works. And it kind of doesn't, but it's and he'll yell and be big, but it's like, this is bad acting, but you don't care because he's trying his hardest to make <laughs> you think he's acting. So, yeah. and I, I yeah. find that so, weirdly, I find it deeply endearing. So, and like, honestly, the, the fast and furious movies never have been the same since his like departure from this yeah, I didn't even watch Seven because it sounded like it could be really melancholy about it. So it was I don't super know. melancholy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so him being in this is a huge treat. Matthew Lillard being in this. So this is when in this scene in the pool scene is when Matthew Lillard gets introduced because yeah. he's a reality TV real MTV's Real World star who yeah. Taylor Vaughn like is starts hooking up with him because he's this like adult star. And a step up for her from Freddie Prince Jr. So they break up. So, yeah, she gets a tattoo and, like, yeah. I, <laughs> she gets a tattoo, yeah. I find it funny that, like, it seems Brock Hudson's, like, career is, like, I'm trying to be a professional reality star. Like, he's basically. Nathan, he's a Kardashian. Like, that is that is literally the world we live in right now. I guess he's he's like ahead of the curve a bit in terms of like there's that scene where Taylor's trying to make out with him and he's just like no 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 shut up I do a cool thing here like he's trying to watch his own episode of the real world and yes. it's like this is amazing this is like 20th century vanity or like narcissist no, in the, the year 1999 like, it's so ahead of its time because like Netflix has this stable so Netflix is getting into the reality TV game I don't know if you knew this and they have uh, all these I do shows because a lot of shows I like are being canceled and because of this. Yes, this is getting the viewers. So who they cares? cycle through the same people from one show to the next to the next to the next, and they're all becoming minor celebrities because they're all starring reality shows with each other. Like yeah. this is a legit real thing of vain people being vain and being popular for being vain. And I Matthew just feel Willard, in January 99, you're, like, doing well to have that in your movie. Because, like, remember, like, the girl from Survivor was in The Animal, yes, you know, yeah, with Colleen. Rob Schneider? Like, that kind of, like, oh, this reality space bleeding into, like, success, like, Hollywood that was, like, space. But that was a different level. Like, you got to remember Real World was a giant show well before Survivor. Game shows were a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so, I didn't watch it. I didn't have MTV. But... Exactly. And it was before our time because by the time we were adults, it was like they pivoted to like a Jersey Shore would be like the next 
thing that was popular when when we were adults. Yeah. So this they were definitely hitting upon that. But like I, you're right. Brock is a a great representation of vanity for the sake of vanity, being perfectly cast and portrayed by Matthew Lillard, who's just having a blast in this movie. He is he is just having a blast in this movie. I found it sort of amazing how the movie's like main characters look down at him during that like dance scene. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> Lord of the Dance over here. It's just like, no, whatever. Like wet blanket. <laughs> Matthew Lillard is killing it right now. You shut up. <laughs> like he he is being himself so loudly and it's fun. Yeah. Like what what are you doing, Freddie Prince Jr.? Yeah. Like so, I, okay. I was mad. Well, I mean, I mean, in story wise, he's grumpy with him because he's being a goofball. Yeah, no, he's the like, he's cast bad, but I had more empathy to Brock Hudson than like <laughs> who I was supposed to have. So wait, 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 you're saying that you're not just sitting here like I sat there being like I was appreciating Matthew Lillard's performance, but you're saying actually like I'm saying I felt Brock for the Hudson character? is more honest about who he is and what he's about right. than than like Zach. Is. Zach is yeah because right. he's that's like actually, actively lying actually right accurate. now hundred <laughs> percent accurate um so he gets broken up by and all of his friends specifically Paul Walker start ribbing him being like oh what are you gonna do now like how are you gonna be prom king and he's like oh I can make anyone prom queen like it's she's only popular because I dated her and then Paul Walker's like calls him on it and there's a deeply oh so deeply misogynistic scene where Paul Walker and Freddie Prince Jr. just start like picking. All right, let's go girls. shopping, and they start like walking around the high school, mocking people, and yeah, just women for di- different things that they consider to be like detriments to their beauty or something like that. And then like they land on Lainey Boggs, and Freddie Prince is like, "No, not Lainey Boggs! I can't! You can't do that to me! That's so terrible!" And then you see Lainey Boggs, and you're like, "That girl's gorgeous." And she but she like dropped she her books, Ryan. What a klutz. How am I supposed to hang out with a klutz? No, 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 Nathan. She drops her books and she has glasses and she has paint on her clothes. On her shoes and everything. Yeah. And her hair's pinned up in a slightly unflattering manner. Yeah, she what doesn't have do? it cut nicely. It's just like long. I know. I know. I'm with you. But I'm with you on, like, I'm laughing there, at this movie, not with this movie. There, There is a quote from, like, one of the writers or producers or something to the effect of, like, this is kind of, like, a suspension of disbelief moment. You either are on board or you're not. Yes. With just kind of the ugly duckling thing in this. And I guess I just in, wasn't. In all know? movies like this, you have to be on board because at some point there has to be a transformation where they turn. They what, the, It's really a transformation in the opposite direction because you're making a gorgeous person trying to make them, like, ugly quote-unquote type sure. of sure and as and yeah i i think i just have more like interest and empathy for the like nerdy art student as a person than oh, the sure. like no no you should be like a bombshell like standard beauty magazine kind of looking and it's like this is terrible advice like she's got her own vibe going on also what are her we doing? glasses were very good looking glasses like they were yeah. nice looking glasses no it just making mockery of glasses i i don't know it was little needling things oh, of course that I was, it is like not but that's because it's like fun with this movie is the like is intentionally superficial yeah like, super superficial and then it but then they insert the matthew lillard character to be maximum superficial and then we're like well we're not actually superficial because matthew lillard's being super superficial over there he's worse than us so and so therefore we're not that bad 
Because I feel like Paul Walker's there in the same way. It's like, well, this guy's like creepy, so he's worse than me, Zach. I'm yeah. pretty good. Exactly. It's like, I guess. Well, and even even Lainey, she starts falling into this superficial thing, and then she doesn't get comeuppance for it. Like, she doesn't get comeuppance for being herself. She becomes rewarded for it because she gets her best oh. project of the school yeah. year. No, I felt so like I feel like you could have done a lot of this stuff with like just a little more agency from the Laney character would have made it better. Well, like, and that's okay. If if like Freddie Prince Jr. coming over and saying like, "Hey, we should go on a date," and it's not he has a dress for her to make her look good. It's like no, no, she bought that and wanted to wear it, but she didn't have the confidence or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like no, it's like I a think... little more her deciding like she yeah. would like to be that way. Then I might have been more on board. Like they do have the line about like she had contacts, but she just finds them weird. And it's like okay, at least they justified that she doesn't need glasses, you know. But well, yeah, you don't need glasses. You just choose glasses. Yeah, I find contact uncomfortable. Like it's a similar thing, but I also have probably worse eyes than this character. At this age, stigmatisms and things. Um, So this is something that I think this is the lesson I think princess diaries learned better because in that movie the lesson that she learns is Anne hathaway's character changes and becomes more of the person she's not because she's been rewarded in negative ways by being seen as pretty and then her friends all kind of be like you're changing who you are fundamentally because this world is saying you're like this now and then she has oh. to kind of like rectify that with who she so actually like, is. You're being really mean to us and you're being fake and stuff yeah. like this. Whereas okay. in this movie, Lainey is like being rewarded by being prettier. Yeah. And being friends the, with the, the cool subplot kids. I, I couldn't describe as mansplaining because it's a woman teacher. Uh, <laughs> but the art teacher that like comes up to her and be like, you know what? Your art is so much better now than it used oh, to be. Nathan, I mean, and it's because you're dating Freddie Prince Jr. So don't stop doing that. Men, men put the words in her in her throat. Then they paid her to say them. So, <sighs> yeah. No, that that moment felt like it just seems so arbitrarily oh, like. Arbitrary. Oh no, her art Honestly, is suffering somehow. And it's you're like, right. What this, movie this looks would way be... more interesting than her like fellow. I students. totally agree. The movie would be better. Would be generally better if they just had her like losing a bit of herself and her Fulton buddy, like the person who plays Fulton from. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. If he like called her out on being like, "Hey, like you're not being yourself anymore. You're being the mean girl again." But no. he kind of does the opposite. Like yes. he phones at one point and is just like, "Hey, you're being really hard on yourself. Like, what if uh, Freddie Prince Jr. actually does really like you and yeah. and it's all this sincere?" Movie it's is like, not but trying we to be... know that it's not at that point in time. Yeah. So it was and this like movie. Movie oh, is genuinely not trying to be like anything more than what it is, which is just like yeah, it's it's like dated when you look at it now i think i know for a fact that this movie came out today as a brand new movie ashley would hate it but it came out when she was in grade seven or six and it was just like and it, it blew up for a lot of people like lots of girl like lots of people love this movie still yeah. kind of to this day but in that like guilty way like this is genuinely a truly guilty pleasure where it's like we know this movie's bad well it it yeah, I guess I just feel like it has some good things going for it. I just wish it like it held up to time better or there was some decisions made that weren't. But it's like a Weinstein's project 24 years ago, so it probably didn't have a chance to oh, no. do that. It wouldn't even have a chance because they – It's like, 
oh, it's accidentally progressive in some way or something. It's like, no, it's it's really not. Like, no, it's just, it's opposite. It's pretty. It steps in pitfalls at every opportunity, kind yes. of thing. Yeah. I think the argument that Princess Diaries and the reason I'm bringing this up a lot is Princess Diaries has a very similar plot line. Okay, but it's not about a boy; it's about royalty. But anyways, um, this ugly duckling story. But she, what's, what's that John Hughes movie? That some kind of wonderful kind of. Yeah, I was getting sort of vibes like that with this well, little too. But that one is with more the like, alternative character that. But that's is, more like Leah Thompson is. There's no like ugly duckling moment. She just gets distracted. And then it's – I actually don't like that movie either. I think that movie is also kind of sexist it, because oh, – I, yeah. Mary Stuart yeah, Matheson – I don't think it ultimately works, but yeah. Mary Stuart Matheson is just like pining over this guy, but this guy's just an asshole. The movie works better – it's prettier in pink, but you gender swap it. But pretty in pink I, works I think better. it's like I'm empathizing with Mary Sue Masterson's character in that. 100%. And it sort of gives enough time for you to feel for her, you know, yes. but it doesn't – yeah. But what it is, they gender swapped it because – in Pretty in Pink, she Molly Wernwell was supposed to end up with Ducky at the end of the movie, but people liked the Andrew McCarthy Dick character because that was the he was the atypical like quote unquote hot guy person you're supposed to go for. John Hughes got dissatisfied that was like oh the answer is if I gender swap it because the guy can choose the pretty girl or the really good friend and that's something that a guy can choose a girl has to choose the popular person. Yeah, I don't really love Pretty in Pink either, but yeah. No, no, I'm saying that's, that's why. Like that's why yeah. you get the two different directions, and he does pick Mary Stuart uh, Matherson in that one, and not Leah Thompson, who I think is like I had a massive crush on Leah Thompson growing up, so I was just like, you're crazy. But you're right; she's a better character. She's better. Like, yeah. Uh, so. Well, yeah. It's not even anything Leah Thompson's doing in that movie. It's a, it's such a weird balancing act with this kind of triangle dilemma. This doesn't really have that. It's no. just two people with like a misconception or like a bad motive at a point, and then it comes. Yeah, to honestly, the this is not a movie. These people break up weeks after graduation. In my opinion, <laughs> yeah. Like she goes to uh, college. She goes to college, yeah. and she's just like, "Oh, I deserve better than this." I guy. sort of, I sort of feel like over the course of this movie, both of them mature a bit, though. Like sure. Freddie Prince Jr. does like stand up for himself against his dad, and like tries to. Like, like it's super shallow though, because yeah. it's still based on like, well, if you smile a little more and you look like this, then eh. yeah. So I didn't love it, but it, like, I kind of wish the movie like was like, oh, maybe he gets a little nerdier, maybe he gets a little more arty. Like the the hacky sack scene yeah, yeah. is like, oh, he kind of enters into this performance art space. If he wasn't like being ironic about that and was like, that was really exciting for me. Like that's an important thing that happened. You're right. If he had followed that up by being like, actually really like that. I did uh, sign up for that class next semester or something like, yes. like go down a path of developing a little more. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt bad about like, or just like, Oh, nothing really happened. It's like, like uh, just... Sandy. Co- it's like at the end of Greece when like Sandy shows up wearing like the greaser outfit, but he's showing up wearing the letterman jacket. Like they're both willing to change for each other. Sure, of instead of you should change for me, which yes. seemed to be kind of what was being prescribed to her. Like, yeah. you should go to the beach. You should do this. And it's like, well, this is so outside my comfort zone. Like, there were several times during this movie as, like, kind of an introverted person that I was just like, this is horrible. This is a nightmare. Like, just like, no, no, we're going to goad you to, like, do something you said again, you this don't f- want to do. And you're totally right. Like, as you as, a, as that person, but this is a fantasy world that they're trying to create for, like, I. Uh, 
for people that are shy but want to be popular. Like, it's not meant for adults that are confident in who they are as a person. They're meant for teenagers who are like, I wish I could be the popular person. Oh, look, Laney. Like, it's it's wish fulfillment because yeah. teenagers want to be popular and well-liked and be pretty and or, or handsome. So. And yeah, again, it kind of juggles a weird line. Like she doesn't win the prom screen, like the prom queen. Oh, but like they have that contest. very specific line where, to a very close margin, like fifty-three to forty-seven percent or something like that. Yeah, she took a massive amount of the votes. But at the end of the day, I appreciated that too because Taylor Vaughn cared, cared way more about being prom queen than she no, did. No, when it happened, I was like, she needs this. Like <laughs> yeah. this is her peak right now as a yeah. person. Which <laughs> so is what Rachel. Which I think is what Lainey was like good for her because yeah she this is it for her like th- this is the start of me like pursuing art more completely and like being who i want to be or yeah something. i'm gonna become like, a better is... player from this moment on she's gonna she's downhill from here like she's pregnant in the next couple weeks uh, i will say i did i did like the falafel hat i thought that was funny like her working at this greek yeah. restaurant wearing yeah. this dopey hat that's like good like ah you caught me at my job like what i have to wear this the music like, in this movie is pretty solid man it's like a good banger soundtrack like late 90s pop hits like alternative pop slash well what's playing at the greek restaurant that that tickled oh no i'm not i'm just saying like that was another positive thing for me like oh six pence down the richer is a band i like like i like oh when that song started playing it's like oh this is where this song came from like this is why this (laughs) is that right there right there is a that's how you know that there's this is a real zeitgeist because you knew this song like, I've heard that song around and I didn't know why and now it's like oh okay it's cuz That's of what I mean movie. like there's a zeitgeist to that moment I was even willing to give it like hey this was kind of a hit movie at a specific time maybe I was hearing Rockefeller Skank at the like roller rink because this was a big movie yeah, like yeah, I yeah. don't know it might have helped that song So uh, when did Rockefeller Skank come out though It was like 98 but I feel like it could have traveled up here to Calgary to like the roller rank he was a popular in movies i knew that for that this song because i know praise you was also in other movies too and this song would be a and, and rockefeller skank is a big party song in other movies too sure so i think sure. he definitely got the rounds that way yeah um anyways. but i i enjoyed seeing it spotlighted because i like that song and oh it's sure. a good song uh i saw this great video takedown like breakdown of like the different samples there's like 17 samples in that song it's crazy and they're all like so obscure and some very short, but like right about now, the Funk's Your Brother is just like the intro track to this obscure rap group album. They had a buddy come on and he's just like, yeah, right about now, you guys get ready. You're going to funk your brother. And he just like took that and then just like, and then the album starts and he's not even in the group. And he's just like, that's it. That's the stuff I'm taking. I'm making this song out of that. Dude, that song was, like, probably some of the most, like, the first time I heard a song that repetitive that I was like, no, I kind of like this, though. Like, it's just, I don't know what it means, but he just keeps saying it. And as we're getting to minute five, I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, who can say? I don't know. That's fair. Oh, I mean, Praise You is is another one I really like, but I've always liked that music video. I think think the music video kind of trumps the song with that one for me. I saw that music video and was like, what a weird thing. Oh, for me, the music video that trumps the song is like, I don't like Weapon of Choice, the song. But I'll always watch great. that music video. Christopher Walken dancing all around. Yeah. I had that as like a favorite song for a while. And it's like, no, no, like it vaguely conjuring Christopher Walken dancing around yeah. isn't enough. I just need that YouTube video. That's like, what I mean. Like, I, even... I, 
I used to have that in my playlist too. And I'd find myself skipping it because I was like, oh, it's an okay song. It's a big shrug. But like watching like Christopher Walken walk down that hallway and, you know, do his thing. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I want. That makes the whole thing work. Yeah. Yeah. So Fat Boy Slim, great. Man, I feel like he dropped off pretty hard, huh? After that one album. Yeah. No, he did. Okay. (sighs) But anyway. Wait. Uh, okay. There was there was more points about the film I wanted to make at some. Oh point. sure, sure. Yeah. You right, go ahead. right, right. I felt like this movie could have had like a a conflict peak with like uh, it's weird. They they seem to set up the the prom thing happens where Paul Walker starts interfering. Like he starts sort of spitefully dating Lainey just to like mess with Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. And then they sort of imply like this is going to go real bad. Like he's, he's taking to her hotel room yeah, and so, this is going to go crazy. So at some and point, then okay. Freddie Prince is like rushing with his keys. Like I got to help her. I got to save let's, her. Let's just and break they down don't some, have a moment, you know, let's break down some like uh, beats up until this point. So this whole like kiss me comes on. She comes down the stairs. She's got a haircut. Anna Paquin did her makeup and now she's a gorgeous girl. They go to a party in which she's able to like handle herself uh, she steps a, up to her like art class bully, Clea Duvall, which yeah, is this. She sticks up to her art class. She also she, sticks up she's to. She's this character I just felt was such a weird inclusion. Like, oh, sure. Clea Duvall's yes. character is just like, this person like could be her friend if they tried to unpack some stuff, but they oh, don't. Sure. No, it's, it's a just... superficial moment to show that Lainey is not just bullied by the cool kids, she's bullied by like the washouts and the losers too. I guess um, so. I I just felt real bad for how Clea Duvall's character is underwritten in this. In oh this sure. Movie. I don't know. Um, but that's coming off of watching the faculty and being like, oh here she's great in this. And she's it's like, great. Yeah. In that. Uh, and then she also stands up to Taylor Vaughn. She starts developing like a uh, one of the cool girls. Uh, starts liking her. I forget her name all the time, but she's like married to Dwayne Wade. Gabrielle Union. Yeah, Gabrielle Union is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, married to D Wade. Um, she becomes like, she actually starts liking Lainey and like, like they're hanging out and she's like, oh, but Lainey's a nice person. Like, why would we do these mean things to her? Uh, anyway, so things are going well for them. And so Paul Walker's like, oh, she has a chance of actually winning. And Freddie Prince Jr. is kind of messing it up right now. I'm going to swoop in here and I'm going to try to have sex with Lainey and like mess it all up for everybody. Sure. And yeah. He, like, has the scene in this prom night at the bathroom talking to everybody about, like, oh, I got the room card. Like, we're going to we're gonna have sex, everyone. And then the, all these people that have kind of been assholes all the movie finally stand up to him. I'm like, you know what, man? Like, screw you. I mean, they should have stopped him because, like, he clearly is not a good guy. But they just, like, aren't bait, baiting him anymore. Like, they're not, like. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a weird kind of, like. Like the way I was reading it is like this sounds horrible. Like this is like almost a date rape situation is brewing. Yes. And the movie isn't going to like confront that. It kind of just skips over it and makes it joke. Well, here's about the it. thing. Actually, yeah. this is a scene I, I for the most part like because this movie could easily fall into the trap. Freddie Prince Jr. finds her hotel room, breaks through the door, and beats up Paul Walker, Paul Walker. and saves her. Yeah. But what happens is he just goes to Lainey's house. Lainey walks in the door like nothing's happened. And he doesn't go after her to try to save her. And she is like, 
oh, I pepper sprayed him because I'm capable. Like I, I knew uh, what to do. I think she used an air horn or something. Right? That's right. Yeah, use an air she horn. Blasted but like she blasted a horn next to his ear or whatever. Yeah, like she. Uh, so defended you you herself. get like told, oh no, she stood up for herself and and like defended herself from this creep, and it's like, great, I guess, but like I I don't know. It didn't feel like how bad i know i I think this movie is trying to avoid the sinister implications that they're making though yeah Uh, yeah but i think i appreciated that freddie prince jr didn't do the like she's the damsel in distress and i'm shining armor thing or whatever yeah it felt like he he, the setup for that scene though felt like that was what was happening like he was phoning hotels and trying to figure out like which one has that room number and everything so i thought that's where it was going and then it just kind of goes Oh, a worried guy was here, like, and it's like, oh, okay, and then they just have a conversation. Yeah, I think they intentionally, but I think they intentionally swerved because they wanted. I think that they're they're teetering on the brink of making Lainey like an atypical, like rom com lady, and they were like, we still have to remind the audience that she's capable, like she's an independent person. Yeah. And so this was their way of like, she's not going to be the one who's damseling, like she can handle herself against Paul Walker. Or, like, I was thinking it could be, like, a Back to the Future style, like, like a Biff in the car kind of thing. But then Honk runs away or something. Like, just have a moment where he gets his on-screen. Yeah, Paul I mean, the, his on-screen moment is kind of like they – it's a stupid gag at the very end where he can't hear his name being called. It's like, ha-ha, he's deaf because of his assault. It's yeah. Like, yeah, okay. But again, like, I think you're thinking – First of all, it's the Weinstein's making this movie, so they can't have too many consequences against sexual assault. Because... I was that was where I was going, really. Though it was just like, oh no, this is I'm I, my notes here are the this guy does not receive horrible consequences. To be fair, for this I mean action. not to be fair. <laughs> I, I watched. Did you watch the doc? Did you watch the movie? Not the documentary, but the movie based on the books. Uh, she she said, no. no? So there's I, that I... A movie came out in November with Zoe Kazan and uh, Carrie Mulligan. Okay, and it's based on the books that the two Washington Post writers wrote together about Me Too uh, and stuff, about like the Me kicked Too it moment. Off. Okay, and it's based on their lives and their experience investigating um, Weinstein. And at this point, he hadn't become like the depth of predator that he has. He's definitely done stuff, but he hasn't become like the monster that he'll be in a few oh, years. Oh, in nineteen ninety nine, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, uh, I, I don't mean to imply like that. That is what happened. It just seeing those names on screen at the beginning and no, like, no, no, no. I, I think that's that definitely cloud. a part of it. Yeah, like it's the the no consequences, but it's also a fantasy world where consequences are always light. There's no Hon- real honestly, trauma. Just from like a pacing and how your movie ebbs and flows, like it would be a super feel bad moment right near the end of the movie. That's what if I mean. You just I, but it's also that, just like. So. No real trauma exists in these worlds. Like, her mom passed away, but she seems okay. Yeah. Like, trauma yeah. doesn't exist in a fantasy world. Neither does pain. Like, it's all pretty superficial. Nobody really thinks deeply about anything. Like, it, that's just the fantasy world that they're living in. So, like, this situation wouldn't have deep, long-standing ramifications. Like, emotional scars aren't yeah. fun. So. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, anyway, so yeah, so that's that's the end. I mean, Matthew Lillard breaks up with Taylor Vaughn because what was the scene? I it's mean, like he kind of throws her own words back in her face, like just kind of like, "Oh, you didn't think I'd still be dating you when I went on to this other reality show, did yeah, you?" Yeah, road road rules. That's so cute or whatever. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, kind of burns her the same way she burned burned Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, anyways, and then they kind of have this moment, so they they're they kiss each other night of prom and then he she's like like what did you you lost the bet i didn't become palm queen and he's like oh don't worry about it and she's like what did you wager and he said and then he smirks or something and then we cut to graduation and he has to accept his diploma while exposing himself to all these people yeah which again again like i mean i mean to be fair flea did this all the time just like would get up on stage and just play bass drum. I mean, yeah. play bass like completely like naked. And I'm just like, how is that possible? But I think it was just because it was the nineties and people didn't care about those things yet. No. Yeah. In the scene, like the graduation scene, it's like, and then he was arrested for public exposure <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's but like... again, in a fantasy world, it's just like girls will <laughs> smirk and guys will laugh like type of thing. Like it's not real. Like it's yeah. Yeah. Um, Low stakes, I guess, but they do not establish the, the, bets terms prior to that moment so i guess it is a reveal so a couple uh, things along the way yeah. uh usher is in this movie the hip-hop R&B usher raymond the dancer singer yeah. guy but i swear he acted like he was just like we called him up one day he got a couple days in the studio with no other actors yeah, and they film all of his scenes in isolation. Minus I noticed the dance that too because he's he's like the school radio DJ, and they're yeah. kind of piping his audio over scenes and stuff. But it's just yes. like, oh, he just had to show up for an afternoon and be in a room. Like this isn't and not... even like the dance sequence makes sense because if they added that in post, then it's just him in the background with a bunch of dancers, and that's the only shots of him you get at prom is with the dancing sequences. Yeah, it's like close up of him, then wider shot where he's kind of guy in a hat I guarantee waving you, his arms. That was part of that production meeting. We're like, we need to pad out this movie a bit more. Okay, let's get Usher. Let's make him the DJ for all the killer soundtracks we put in this movie. And then we'll just that's like have the, him spin in. Yeah. And then and then he can be the DJ at the at the thing with the dance sequence type of thing. Uh so that was And Lil Kim was in this movie as Lil just Kim, a character. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Lil Kim if you you would not ever be able to be like which is Lil Kim in this movie, because you look at her and it's like Lil Kim even in the late nineties had like a reputation, mm-hmm. like like Nicki Minaj, all the stuff she gets away with in the world today, nothing compared to Lil Kim back in those days. Back like in the nineties, like just like it it was nuts. I remember being a kid and being like, oh, Lil Kim's naked again on stage or Lil Kim's naked here. Lil Kim like flashes herself. And I'm just like, what is going on? But then and watching she's this just mo- like, just like a background character, like modest girl number three. Like, yeah, not, not playing any, like her persona as Lil Kim is a pretty wild character. And then this person, and this just does like, not capitalize on any of that. It was weird. Yeah, it's just like so it, was, it took. It was, a, it's just an innocuous scene where it's just like, oh wait, that's little Kim. She's just yeah, kind of exactly. there. She's just okay. standing with Gabrielle Union. And you're like, huh? There's that's that's little Kim. Yeah, she's little. She's smaller. So I guess that's yeah. 90s what it is. cred. I don't, uh, I don't know. Oh, an uh, arbitrary like hookup at the end of the movie. Um, Fulton. Uh, Becomes interested in a Anna Paquin's young younger sister. Yeah, they just they, kind they of like a song. bond at the the prom because they like a song or something. Yeah, they like a song. Yeah, and because they're two single people, so that's sure. It's just fine. You know what? I like Fulton. I like that guy, like the perpetual best friend. Yeah, 
a character actor I like is Chris Owen, uh, the pubes guy in this movie. Uh, Sherman? He has, like, a decent part in October Sky, a movie I like. Yeah, he's also uh, Sherman from... Uh, yes, he's from American, the American Pie, Pie movies. regular. The Shermanator. Is, the Shermanator. See, I didn't watch those. I watched October Sky, and then it's like, oh, he has this whole raunchy comedy cred, and it's like, that's weird. Okay. I know, and I've never seen Because to me, he's like Sky. Charles Martin Smith or something for, like, the 90s. But he's like, know? he's... I've never seen an October Sky, so I have the exact opposite experience of you. Like, he is this doofy... I think his name is, like, Funkhauser or something in this. Like, he's, yeah. he's just this bully character oh, that man. shows Him up for, like, a minute. is just a hilarious, stupid scene. But I was like, this is perfect for Sherman. Like, it's perfect for Sherman. I guess so. Like, Kieran Culkin is somehow, like, just old enough to be a first year, I guess, at their school. So he's rollerblading around, putting pepper well, on Well, he'd be grade lunches. nine. Grade nine I, is, is first year. I guess so. He just looks so much younger than some of these adults. You know? I know, but Culkin, yeah. But Culkins always look younger. Though. Look younger. That's their that's I think their they power. actually cast the age of, like, I think Rory was, or Kieran, sorry, Kieran, was yeah. that age. And then when, when you put them next to like adults that are trying to play grade twelvers, yeah. It's like, oh, it there's looks, ten years difference between these people. It highlights the difference a little too much, but yeah, yeah, he's he's rollerblading around, putting pepper on stuff, and then suddenly <laughs> two bullies just materialize in the screenplay. They have not been a but part again, of anything. All it is though is set up to make us like Zach, like Freddie Prince Jr. Like, oh look, Zach stood up for her little brother. Maybe he's not so bad, you yeah. know. But but I hated that. His solution to this bullying was like worse bullying. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, oh, you were gonna sneakily like I mean, screw up the guy's though, food. I'm gonna make you eat. Okay, it in but in all fairness, again, you're an adult. As a teenage kid who got bullied, all I wanted was to be big enough and strong enough to bully my bully. Bully the bullies. I didn't want to be like, I'm gonna be bigger and stronger and I'm gonna kill him with kindness. I'm gonna Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> forgive you. Like like that's not what I wanted when I was a teenager. Yeah, Nathan, you would make so. the most boring teenage film I think I've ever seen. Just like, just like, oh, you know what? This big like, oh, comeuppance is happening. I love you. And you're no, like, that's okay. that's too harsh on this kid, you guys. You got to just kind of <laughs> like warn ward him away. But then, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sherman's in this movie. She's all that. She, that she, is, she's all that. She's that's, all that's, that. You got to the end of your notes. I guess so. There, there's a song wherein wherein they say she's all that. Yeah, that actually happens. It's yeah. it's in the campaigning for prom queen. We didn't have a prom really. No, because like prom, but prom's not a thing. That's an American tradition. It seems like an American we rite have of passage, grad. right? Yeah, grad is our thing. We had and grad. There was a grad party. It was great, but it's, yeah, it do, doesn't have do, the same so, social. But you got to remember, we even do grad differently. I mean, you went to a smaller school, so maybe not, but. Prom happens the day before graduation, and graduation is the last day of school in the States. Yeah, yeah, okay. I had graduation at the first week of May, and I had to go back to school for seven more weeks of classes, including And, like, diplomas. final exams and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there's sort of a storm cloud over it. I just remember, like, it seemed... I don't know if this is true of you. It just it was like everyone has to listen to this Green Day song while a photo montage. No, no, okay, so it wasn't the Green Day song. Uh, so my favorite grad was grade nine grad because that year Vitamin C's graduation just came out. Okay. Friends Forever. 
you should find it. Vitamin C, graduation, in brackets, friends forever. And okay. you'll immediately be like, because that song came out. And I swear, in my whole grad night, we maybe heard that song seven times. Because it was just such a big song. But it specifically was about, like, moving on and, like, like remembering those times. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, my grade 12 grad. So, I went to a really big school. I had a 1,000 kids graduate with me. Uh, I didn't go to my ceremony. Because it was like a five-hour event, so I stayed home and slept in. Okay. Um, and then I went to the grad, and we had like Conan O'Brien was like, "Hey, graduating class of Lord Beaverbrook, two thousand three. Like, congratulations. I hope you guys do well." He type gave of you thing. a speech or whatever. That's so weird. Well, they just film these little nuggets, like uh, after and before shows. They'll film like little nuggets, and it's just like these type of things. Like, hey, Adam and Sarah Marshall, like, good job. Your dad and mom want to say happy birthday. Like, they'll someone will pay or reach out and they'll do these things for them. Okay. We got Conan O'Brien and we got, like, uh, what's the dog? The insult dog? No, no. Ed the Sock we got, which was a big <laughs> much music character. Yeah, okay. Anyways, we got Jay Leno as well. Um, like, is it Triumph the Insult comic dog? That we didn't get him. Yes, we didn't get him. We got Ed okay. the Sock, who I liked more. He was also okay. a consult. But uh, yeah. we also got Jay Leno, who who congratulated us. We were also the biggest graduating class in Canada, like, in years and years afterwards, too. So, Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Mine was, like, 17 people. So, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> Smaller and then, scale. And then the weirdest part of the whole thing is we had this officially sanctioned aftergrad where I, a 17-year-old, could buy a ticket. To go to a bar and hang out with all of these mixed group of 17-year-old and 18-year-olds who can drink in Alberta. 18. Yeah, 18. And all party together. I just got a bracelet that they put on that was like, oh, you can't drink because you have this bracelet. But nobody, like, my friend would go to the bar, get drinks, come back to the table, and I would sit there and be like, there's no security watching us at all. But this was, like, officially, like, our student body like it's just like party a recognized blind eye thing or something but like but bit. put on by lord like by the school like student Int- body exciting i don't know also canada year, and alcohol <laughs> we also grad camping is a thing in calgary um you go camping after your grad night and we made the news my year made the news for uh devastating a forest Okay. I was like, well, the biggest class ever. There's like so many forest fires. It was 300 people went and camped and it was no camping. You just stay up all night drinking. And I guess they cut down hundreds of trees. Wow. And they didn't even use them all. They just cut them down because they like were drunk and in this forest. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say my, my grad smaller carbon footprint. Uh, (laughs) I'm not pretty sure. Ours was also the TELUS Convention Center, which is like the biggest convention center in Calgary. Yeah. Um. Anyways, it's just it's such a non-event in ca- in Canada where prom is so like seminal in the states still to this day. Yeah. Uh, like we didn't have a we don't have a queen or king. That's not a thing. No. We don't have like a grad king or grad queen. Like we still have valedictorians and all those speeches at the grad ceremonies, but that's about it. And even then, I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know the person who gave the grad speech because they were in different classes and who yeah. knows yeah anyway so yeah no prom is not a it's a pretty seminal thing in the states but functionally speaking just doesn't work in canada 
So in Gene Siskel's final review for the Chicago Tribune before he died, uh, it was this movie, and he does say like, "Oh no, this this prom thing, this makes sense. This this reads as true to kids' anxiety about prom." Yeah, which was like, I guess okay, America. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it wasn't a thing to you. There was pressure. I remember being pressure in my friend group around having a date for prom for grad. Yeah. And who are you going to take? And there were like friends that were girls that were like, oh, I don't have a date. I should at least get a guy friend to come with me as my date because it's, I don't want to be the only girl without a date. Yeah. Type of thing. But it's definitely not to the level that prom is for sure. So it's Gene Siskel. This is the last movie he reviewed. This is the last movie he ever reviewed. That's kind of depressing in in a way. I, I'm gonna say it's this. It's a weirdly male because he actually kind of likes it. He gives it three stars. I think out, out of four. four, he does the four or the five. I think he does the four. Uh, okay. And it's such a weirdly melancholic sentence now in hindsight because it's just like, man, this Rachel Lee Cook. I really liked her. I'm looking forward to see her next film. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he never would. Like this won't happen. But it's such an innocuous little movie. Well, and it like, sucks yeah. too because she never really went on to greatness either. Like she kind of floundered pretty quickly after this. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm I'm fascinated how you found Gene Siskel articles because Chicago Tribune specifically sucks at posting them. I yeah I googled this one and it, it was there. It was it's, there. Okay. So because that's yeah. why Roger made his own website because he's just like the Sun Times was is a t- notoriously terrible website for of like archiving stuff. And yeah. so Gene Siskel just ends up being like so many of his articles are just missing. Like you can't find lost them. lost to history. Yeah. Um. Gene is a guy I appreciate his perspective but i don't think gene's a guy that i would agree with most of the time but this is fascinating yeah still just like a weird note that was prominent in the trivia yeah. that was like oh man wait what did roger think then two did and a half out of one? four oh, i didn't give it, it half, though didn't he he did two and a half out of four yeah two and a half out of four that's actually Which, a like in his book too though it's kind of a like and i i was i was not liking the movie so i didn't need to shore up these opinions <laughs> <really>. <laughs> It's like, wow, you guys missed the mark on this one. This movie's not very good. Uh, so you think in your head while you're remembering that Gene Siskel's now dead. So yeah. So I feel, you know, hey, if <laughs> if it was my final month on Earth, I might enjoy things in a different spirit. Well, you know? okay, but do you remember? Like, okay, and this oh, is, look at these kids. They're there's a fair, love. There's a fair attribute like to this because after after Roger lost his voice, like he got the surgery and he came back and he's clearly on his last legs. He became like pretty like jubilant in his reviews, like just like man, movies are great. I'm man, just having a good stars, time watching movies. Four stars, four. Or, stars. I think it was more. Yeah. He gave away a lot of three stars. I don't think he gave a lot of fours out. Right. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Land of the Lost and stuff. So it's like, you know what? I like this movie. Goes for it or whatever. It's just like sure. Like I feel I mean, like fifteen Roger years Eber earlier, he hated it. Yeah. Rogers either of the '80s and the '90s would have hated Land of the Lost. He would have but been like, he found this is a way terrible. To like it. It's stupid. But then he just like, I think, I think, I think the mixture of Gene dying wasn't this in life itself, where when Gene died, that woke him up, and then when he got his cancer diagnosis, that also kind of like, life is too short to be critical, like to be negative all the time. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to go into this movie being too like mean about it. I just feel it's aged in a like, oh, oh this 100%. is a product of 1999. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, yes, it has. And, that and if you're not in the zeitgeist, and if you're not in the rom com genre, because misogyny exists within the rom-com and that's why it never really came back and still hasn't come back in like a massive yeah, are there, like, are there kind of like way? ironic ones or like i was thinking of easy a you know yep which i kind of like that's like 
The romantic storyline is the subplot. It's more about her. It's like more of a coming of age story. That one too. It is. Yeah. Like um, I, I feel like if there's going to be a little romance or like seventeen again, you yeah. know, where it's like, oh, we're going to rekindle this marriage by like me remembering what I was like as a teenager. Teenager. Yes. Like yeah. it has to have like some zany angle. It has on to have it a, an angle me. to it. Whereas, like, I make the argument that it's like, uh, what's the most recent? Like, it's more like the Richard Curtis, the human drama of like. What I like about About Time, it has a crazy angle, but he's more writing from an angle of like, oh, just life is like a pretty thing. Like, and so he doesn't have to have these like stereotypical relationships to make stereotypical ends meet. Mm -hmm. The big thing now is because they are kind of making a comeback on streaming because they're pretty cheap movies that there's no measurement for how successful they are, but they're not big in movie theaters because they can't really make money anymore. Yeah, they're not really big screen spectacles. Like no. other than that one clever shot with the flashback, there's not really any like ah cinema and <laughs> exactly. she's all that. But like they're they are making a comeback. There's like a bunch of rom coms happening all the time. And some really good ones. There's one with the Charlie Day and Jenny Slate called I Want You Back that came out last February that I quite liked. I actually quite liked it. I had a good time with that one. So Okay. Um, but that one had a harder edge to it. I also think Jason Siegel did a good work when it comes to rom-coms. Like, I like forgetting, forgetting Sarah Marshall, but that that's like a weird, like bitter breakup. Reflection. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think you he know? took like he grew up. He was like he took the rom-com, like state like the formula, and then he aged it up to be more of like try to bring it down to reality and put in like Judd Apatow cell humor too. Yeah, uh, five year engagements. The one I was thinking of. it was like more classic rom com that he did. Oh, type okay. Of thing. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah. I so, yeah, it's just like I like being married. Like I haven't seen like a movie with like, oh, a fun couple just you know working and living and doing something, solving a mystery. That's what I want. I want a mystery solving. But isn't couple. that just isn't that just like murder mystery, like the Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston movie? Maybe that's secretly great. I kind of like that. <laughs> What was that bad one with uh, Andy Samberg that I gave a huge rope to? I was like, fine. Palm Springs? No, no, no. It's Andy Samberg and, and like, uh, Sandler. They did that. Oh, that's, that's my boy? That's my boy. We I both kind of walked out of that movie being like, this movie should have been terrible, but why did we have a good time? Because Andy Samberg is just kind of... Like fun. that bad tattoo stretching and everything. That's just funny stuff. I can't, you know. I know. I don't understand that one either because I, I actually. That was a that. bad period for Sandler stuff too. Like it's just yeah. like twelve percent. Like grown yeah, ups. Yeah. No, too. people hate that movie, and yet it was just like, oh, Andy Samberg being there does help a lot, huh? Like I, I hope Armand White did like that one because then I'd at least be like, yeah, okay, I see what. I don't you're actually saying. think he did though. That's the thing. I think he did like that one. Um, Great. Boom, but, uh, contrarians. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i i'm i'm generally been for this this genre i they definitely have aged to the point where like it's harder for me to enjoy them the same way as i used to like the cheesier ones when i when i liked them when i was younger when i was a kid or a teenager like when i was like immature because i think there's a part of me that also yearned for like this manic like i fell for the manic pixie girl like yeah. era of this i fell for that like this like oh man i really want to find a girl like this and it was just like oh you just want to find a girl that exists in cameron crow's mind great then here she is watch these movies because like, i'm just doesn't... here to validate you yay <laughs> um and then once Zach reality Ralph. hits it's like oh this is so much better but now like the rom-coms i appreciate are like the about times the ones that like 
they don't end when the relationship like actually starts. They they keep going and they show you how hard things get. Mm. So I like I like Judd Apatow's like this is forty because it's like oh man marriage can be beautiful and hard and shitty and great and all the things together. I like this or like when Harry met Sha- Sally. Like when, I, I haven't seen that one. I know it's like a seminal text in. But it's like it's like two adults space. having relationships, and it's a really maturely handled, like, like romantic relation, like story that they're telling. So, okay, yeah. there's just some like there are some good ones out there. I'm just saying, choose all that is not going for like, they're not trying to break the mold. They're just they're they're like here's the mold. We're gonna actually make the most superficial version of this mold. Actually, kind of yeah. Just so, relish it, though. Just like, it's not even Nancy, Nancy Myers or, like, will bring, like, a little bit more depth to these movies. This movie's not trying to do that at all. So. And so by that, MVP I mean, like. time. Time to celebrate the people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, so, Ashley's MVP yeah. uh, is the sixpence, none the richer. Like, the kiss, kiss me. Cause like that's the, just the the band, the band. Cause like the kiss me song is, was just such a huge zeitgeist moment that just like kind of brought a lot of big things to it. And she still loves that song. So she just really loves that song. So she still likes that moment and how it plays out and how seminal it is. And just a big, whether we like it or not, a big moment in film history. So she got caught up in that. So it's kind is, of the famous scene in the movie. Yeah. 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 And so she stumbles song, a little bit. She's like that. She bit. still likes that song too. So that song's her like, her MVP is the Sixpence on the Richer. Okay, uh, Britney's MVP. She was actually here for this one. Oh, okay. Uh, she selected Location Scout Evan Peller, uh, okay. for using the same high school as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. which made that Sarah Michelle Geller cameo hit extra good. Yeah, because she so. was like, "Oh, I visit here all the time, Freddie Prince Jr." No, she was quick on that, too. She's like, oh, my God, this is the high school from Buffy. And it's like, what? Uh, yeah, I just looked it up. It's Torrance High School. And it's like, okay, great. Like, So she was really happy that happened, I guess. I looked up the dude because I was like, well, somebody, somebody was chose like, it. Hey, we have this really free, cheap high school that they use all year round. We could use it when they're not We could shoot there, Buffy. too. It's like, great. Um, <laughs> great. So, yeah. But okay. I, I think it's still your turn, though, now. I'm heading uh, back. So mine's Matthew Lillard. Like, he's the only one that brought me joy in this movie. Like, he is just having such a wonderfully fun time. And I'm just I, Yeah, I, I had a whole preamble before I was going to reveal mine was also Matthew Lillard. But I, I guess it's... There you go. I, this is what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also chose Matthew Lillard. Um, I actually appreciate that there's, Brock like... Hudson. Yeah. This podcast is, like... Like, can we just not say secretly anymore? We just, like, we're Matthew Lillard appreciators? Yeah. No, this definitely had me, like I was saying, looking at Wing Commander, looking at some things I didn't see that I'm like, dude, there's like dumb cat aliens in this. I probably will well, like it. And it's made by the guy who made those video made games. Made the video games. And so he, you can't and even And people like, love those oh, games. Hollywood love those games, man. Up. Yeah. Like Mark Mark Hamill and John Rhys-Davies are in those video games somehow. I don't understand how video games worked in the 90s. I don't know like how they got these like tom f wilson i think super too yeah super pixelated action scenes like fmv scenes for pc games yeah yeah what is that stupid he he's basically has the most successful crowdfunded campaign ever though for like his new thing like star something 
It's just, but oh, it's he's like trying something new. He's, but it was like funded like ten years ago, and it oh. still isn't out. It's okay. just like, is this money laundering? What is happening? But people have such fervor for flying around in spaceships, With and him. that that movie didn't. But here's the off. thing, like Wing Commander, we we will cover it at some point on this podcast because we do need to watch it because we it do. was like full creative control. He wrote and directed Wing Commander. Adapted his is, own video games within like within years of the game too. Like the game was peak popularity, nineteen ninety five. So it's pretty fresh, and, and he is, somehow that movie exists. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, Matthew Willard is. Uh, I, I feel fresh. if anything, he he gets kind of waved away from the story because he's not that important. Uh, sure, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's just not there important. To, he's just there. Yeah, but he's having a good time though while he's there. He is his yeah. dance scene, uh, him watching himself on TV. Him oh, watching his himself real on world TV. scenes are yeah. pretty great. His real world scenes are pretty great. I, I'm a fan of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm always been. I'm actually kind of happy because you're not. It's also our friend Matthew loves Matthew Lillard too. Because when I was watching Twin Peaks, the revival with Matthew, man, when he showed up in yeah. Twin Peaks, I like it. I think it was like. Uh, <laughs> Matthew Lillard, I kind of liked him in Scream or whatever. But yeah. when he showed up in that, I was like, holy crap. Matthew Lillard can act. Like, that was so good. He should get an Emmy for yeah, what I just watched. I but then it made me realize, wait, this whole time, was he acting this whole time? And he's just a really good actor? Maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. He's just, this is him acting. Like, he can be a goofball and he can act. And it's great. Anyways. There you nothing go. but love for Matthew Lillard on this podcast. Yeah, Good Matthew job. Lillard, uh, Sixpence None the Richer. Correct. And Evan Peller, the location scout. Those are the people Perfect. we're highlighting. It is question time now. What shows or movies can you just leave on in the background while you do other stuff? And it's it's like positively creating an atmosphere of, of comfort, perhaps. Yeah. Or, so yeah. movies, movies don't really exist in this bubble for me because they're so short that I feel like I'm just going to watch it. That's kind of the weird thing. Like, even the longest movie feels short when you're using it this way. Because yes. you just kind of put it on. It's just like, huh, I guess, you know, Irish But I mean, over. like, but I feel like I want to watch it because I like, I think I invariably like a short story more than, like, a novel. Because okay. I can just, like, I can focus all my energy into this for two hours easily. But if I'm going to be doing this, like, comfort food, watching it for the billionth time, it's like The Office, Seinfeld, Simpsons all kind of fall within that bubble of like i, yeah, can put I got, the simpsons, I got on. simpsons on here it has to be ones i'm like very familiar with though or i'll get distracted from that's what, what i mean doing. that's why it's those three because i've seen all of them so many times that i can like and then i can look up from the seinfeld and catch a gag and be like oh that's a good gag <laughs> and that's then great. move go on back to laundry or whatever yeah or cooking um uh, or yeah. or like i find i do this too when it's like so the early seasons of bob's burgers when i was like feeling like I was trudging more than I was enjoying every episode, I will, like, do something while it's on so I can, like, vaguely pay attention and don't feel like I'm being trapped by a a show that I wasn't, like, fully on board with yet. I, I was kind of doing with that with some early, like, some stuff with King of the Hill because, like, I've seen these. I had this season on DVD when I was younger. I've watched it a lot. I'll just put it on and play some Vita or something. Yeah. Uh, and then occasionally tune back in. Uh, but eventually it got to like, no, I don't think I've ever seen this story. So I just need to pay attention to this. Sure. Uh, yeah. So it didn't quite work completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also always on the lookout for like movies. I can do this with for editing purposes for the show. Sure. <laughs> Cause it's yeah, like, yeah. 
it needs to be something I've seen and I have maybe low investment in, but I it, it's still like not aggro or something. Like horror movies aren't good for this, uh, apparently, because sure. there's just bad atmosphere happening over there on the screen. Uh, yeah. Your Highness was a recent one I did. The, I like, think comedy kind of ex- comedy. lends itself to that, though. Yeah. Because it's easily. inherently light, and you can maybe tune in for a gag or something, and then yeah, yeah, and still get enjoyment out of it. Because even drama, drama won't work because if you're not invested in the drama, because you're not paying attention, like what are you doing? Uh, for that, I have done this with some Scorsese dramas though, because they're very long. So I'll okay. put on Irishman or Casino or uh, Gangs of New York or something, and just kind of have it there, okay. and then. Games See, of New York are... is sort of janky anyway and how much sure. is missing. So there's like, oh, somehow elections going on, whatever, and then just like get back to stuff. Oh, it's I'm running a like filter or something, I'll take off my headphones and watch, you know, boss tweed for a little bit and then yeah, get yeah. back. See was that and that's the stuff where I can't I can't do that. Like I would I would just be sucked in to watch it again. Okay. Uh so I have to be something that's like seems light or superficial to me. Or, like, not plot-heavy. So a comedy kind of, like, exists in my mind perfectly in that way. TV speaking shows of, speaking of comedy, though, what about Roger Moore-era James Bond? Uh, pretty I mean, perfect. I guess, I, okay, yeah, I probably <laughs> could have James Bond in the background and be fine because... But I also probably would be like, oh, this is... I probably would just be like, oh, it's probably better just to have music, right? Because then I could catch into the music I like every now and again. I don't care about those movies. So, yeah, that's like that's not my thing. One I've found is, like, weirdly good at this is Moonraker, one of the worst James Bond movies, is, sure. like, the easiest to have in the background. Because Brittany pointed out that it's like, oh, my God, like, nobody's talking. And it's like, yeah, you're right. There's, like, ten minutes where nothing is said in this movie. Because they're doing and the outside it, moonwalk at that point or whatever, right? No, that's later. And there's too much sound, if anything, with how space works. Uh, it, it I think <laughs> Wait, it's... What? They shoehorned this movie in between, yes, like For Your Eyes Only and Spy Who Loved Me because like the, the space... planned, the planned James Bond movies. Yeah, the planned one got pushed off, and this one was thrown together. So I feel it's just like, all right, what do we have in like the action grab bag? Like just ideas we haven't thrown together. Okay, we got this gondola Ooh. chase. Or Spy whatever. Who Loved Me came first, though. What? Didn't the Spy Who Loved Me come first before Spy Who Loved Me came first, and then I'm yeah. saying this is like the afterbirth is moving. That's what I mean, yeah, because Jaws is in the Spy Jaws Who Loved Me. Jaws is still there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's sort of not a villain anymore as it wraps up. It's sort yeah, of Yeah, they weird. give him a love interest. They like, give him a love interest, and like, and Drax or whatever, like the villain is like, it's like, oh, I'm breeding the perfect Superman up here in space, and you weirdos aren't part of that. And then yeah. Jaws is like, what? Like that's horrible <laughs> so he sure. sort of teams up with james bond but yeah it is it is like bad enough and like weird enough that you can just kind of have it there and whenever you look at it something weird is happening all right i and figured then, this i figured out for me it'd be like yeah. the early 2000s superhero films like the x-men movies or like fantastic four or something fantastic four spider-man like i can there put those movies go. on and like pop my head up for a good spider-man sequence or wolverine sequence and then be like Oh no! Like it's it's gonna be rogue again. I'm gonna put my head down while rogue. Dude, and you're Bobby. right. I should. I this is why I wanted to have this conversation because I needed a new vein of gold. I think the X Men films. You're right. Some of those lesser X Men films are prime candidates for this. Yeah, because you just action. look up for like Wolverine's doing fun things, and then as soon as like Iceman's there, you're like, oh, I'm gonna put my head down now. You know. 
Yeah. So Sean Ashmore or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was that guy in a video game. So that was that was something. Yeah. And cuz yeah, that's like that, the X-Men universe might be the perfect candidate of that because it's like each movie has like individual things I like about it. But then I'm like it's they're all none of them are perfect or even near perfect. I think the one that coalesced the most for me is 2, like sure. X-Men United. But... but even then for me it's like like you still have like I don't care at all about this version of Jean Grey or Cyclops because they're sure. just so boring. I just thought and... Brian Cox was really fun as the villain. Oh yeah, so stuff, the villain's right? great. I like Death uh what's the girl's name? Lady Deathstroke. Yeah, Lady Deathstrike. <laughs> Stroke. You it's mean, not Deathstroke. You watched watch the porn version of it, but it's okay. Oh, I did. Now I don't know. <laughs> it's Lady Deathstrike. Um, okay. I like to. I like a lot of things of it, but then I just. For me, the X Men movies are like a mixed bag of perfect casting to terrible casting, because like obviously like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman all pitch perfect, but like Cyclops in the comic books or in the cartoon show is like actually a solid badass leader who is like a great foil for Wolverine. They're a great foil for each other. And just, I like James Morrison, but he is not that. Like, he's so joyless in those movies. Well, he's so, like, weak or something compared to Hugh Jackman. Like, he oh, always yeah. seems like he's like, oh, like, Jean Grey's running off with a hunkier yeah, guy. Exactly. I'm mad. Whereas, like, Cyclops in the comic book would give a flip if Wolverine tried to steal his girlfriend. Because he's like, no, Jean Grey loves me. Like, screw off. Wolverine. Okay. You can pine off her. And, the, and then Jean Grey in the comic books is such, like, a, a dynamo of a woman and then you get this, like, really, like, timid perf- performance by Famke Jansen. Which is so weird, because Famke Jansen can turn that on. Like, oh, yeah, because she's so she is crazy as, like, Xenia, or yeah. even in The Faculty, like, when is she's it, what playing what's with her, Josh what's, Hartnett. What's, what's her last name? Uh, do you, really? It's On a Top, Ryan. <laughs> on a Top, that's what it is. There are, speaking <laughs> of Moonraker, there's a character whose last name is Goodhead, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, yeah, well, Nathan, come on, like, there's a main, there's a movie and a character called Octopussy. Like, you can't get around. I know, but it's just, I think that's why, like, Austin Powers didn't happen for so long, because it's like, how do you parody this? Like, it's so stupid. Oh, you don't. You parodied it when it becomes, like, Pierce Brosnan era stuff, and it's trying to become more serious. Try, like, they rein it then back you... in, and it's like, remember how campy it was, like, 20 years ago? Well, especially at that point, too, when you say... You still you still have the stupid names like on a top or Christmas, and then like just only reason to have Christmas is like oh Christmas came twice this year. That's Aha, Pierce Brosnan, man. You're uh, I still like him, but it's <laughs> some of the um, corniest stuff. Should I watch? Because Michelle Yao is getting a lot of like adulation right now, which is great. Yeah, and like for me, like I've always loved Michelle Yao because she was first of all she was super cop, like she was with Jackie Chan, super cop. And then she did, like, Tomorrow Never Dies, and then went on to Crouching Tiger, and, like, I've always kind of, like, really liked Michelle Yao. Yeah. Is Tomorrow Never Dies, like, does that movie stand up? I like it. I, I think it's still pretty great. Uh, <laughs> like, I think but the, you... the kind of Steve Jobsy like, tech jerk that Jonathan Price is playing has okay. aged in a cool way to me. So when I was a kid, yeah, if you were to ask me, I knew the answer was GoldenEye is better than Tomorrow Never Dies. But when yeah. I was a kid, I liked Tomorrow Never Dies more. Oh, okay. Because, couple things, I liked the, like, trunk B 
BMW chase scene with the like car the, pad. the touchpad controlling yeah. the car thing. I yeah. liked Michelle Yao being like an a, like not just capable but like better at doing things than James. Well, Bond. she's kind of his Chinese equivalent. Like she's like, their elite agent. Yeah, yeah, but better in some ways too. Like she's saving him. Um. I think they and, even make jokes about how they've like improved on some of the weapon stuff and he yeah. takes that gun instead and whatever. I it's, liked yeah. Jonathan Price's like crazy submarine ship scheming. Stealth ship, yeah. But that's all I really remember is that movie kind of like and then I remember the motorcycle chase scene was pretty fun where they're yeah, like chained yeah. to each other. I feel but, that movie starts stronger than it ends. Like, I don't think the okay. final finale on the boat is that good. It's not that good. Okay. There's, but there's like the a thing. good 90 minutes in there. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? And I want you to be brutally honest as a James Bond fan. Is GoldenEye only good because of the 006 twist? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, is GoldenEye only good because one of the greatest video games from that era is based okay, on... Okay, that's my... That was so gonna be whenever my part you two. watch it, you go, hey, there's the train. Oh, that's no, no, what... No, there's no. A that silo. was going to be my part two question when I was going to get to it. I was going to be like, there's... In my mind, GoldenEye is as great because I also don't think the action scene in the satellite is good in GoldenEye at the end of the movie. Like Oh, the, the weird... cradle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the boss fight in the game. But that's what, that's what I was trying to get at. I'm like... Is first of all, is Goldeneye only popular because it first of all revitalized Bond and because of this like the like not so clever, but I guess after twenty movies clever like twist about it being like 006 is the villain. Him yeah, him going up against an equal in in like a physical way, like a he is also a capable agent, is yeah. is novel for sure compared to previous villains. Uh, I guess it's kind of what should make Man with the Golden Gun good, but it's so static. Like, sure. Like, Christopher Lee is like this elite hitman, right? Yes. They they challenge each other and whatever, but it it doesn't quite play Um, the way it should. Goldeneye also starts off really good and slowly decreases as it goes along. Because that opening scene is still probably one of the best James Bond stunts I've ever. Like, it's ever really done. good. Yeah, the the op- the opening dam slash facility stuff uh, is really good. It's but, really good, and then yeah. I, I just felt like it got worse and worse as it went along. Despite having Alan coming there, and I really enjoyed him. I didn't like the girl, like the Russian tech girl. Natalia. And I really don't like, like the Cuba. Whatever it is, like the forest. They do go to Cuba, and then there's the models and everything. And I, I just don't like that sequence. Like I, I for me, J, like Goldeneye is, I just like like I remember. Yeah, it's weird. Steam. I, I did watch it recently because they they released uh, Goldeneye yeah. on Game Pass, right? So it was on Xbox, it's on Switch and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I was playing a bunch of it, and I watched the movie because I was on this high with it. And it was like, haha, wow. Like, it's so weird how they adapted this and this and this into this so video game. So you're saying the movie's good because you played the video game. It helps a lot, yeah. yeah. Because I have deep nostalgia for that video game, it makes that movie still great to because me. Because they I also made a Tomorrow Never own... Dies video game, and nobody liked it. No, there was like a PlayStation game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it? I'm, I remember liking Tomorrow Never Dies more. Uh, it, it might actually keep like delivering decent action at a better clip than GoldenEye does past a point. Like you sure. get the tank chase and stuff in, yep. in GoldenEye, but it's kind of a comedy scene. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But cause then you get into world and it's not enough and there's a 
long periods of that. I remember that one where it's just boring. Like it's just pretty boring movie sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, I watched it again as like a couple years ago as just kind of like, this was always the, the black sheep to me. This was the one that wasn't so bad. I died like die another day. Yeah. But it wasn't. It just wasn't very good. So I watched it again and found a little more to like. But was it Robert Carlyle that did it for you this Robert time? Robert Carlyle helped. Yeah. That, when I was, I was a so kid, annoyed with that villain when I first saw that movie, but okay. I actually kind of liked it. This no, time. I I've always liked him as a villain. But I just thought the movie did a poor job of utilizing him because I didn't care for the Sophie Marceau twist or whatever it is, like her becoming the actual villain of the whole thing. Oh, I, I, yeah, so much faded. Already. Because it's just like, it's another one of those James Bond, he falls for the girl who is actually the villain, and then they do it again in the next movie, which is the dumbest thing. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, they started running out of... For me, so so I'm sitting here being bit. like, I think all four Pierce Brosnan movies aren't great, but in my mind, I'm like, Tomorrow Never Dies, I have whatever reason feel like it might be the best of the bunch, though, for me. But I need to watch it again because I haven't sure. seen it since. Maybe watch it again. Time. Maybe on its own terms with no boosting from other media. And here's the thing: be. maybe now I can appreciate Die Another Day for the trash that it is too. Maybe I, I think that was a background movie too that I I kind of found so bizarre that it was distracting. But it's like <laughs> it's so garbagey, right? Like trying to be over the top, but like it's I honestly okay. What I equate it to was Triple X came out and was kind of a zeitgeist movie for a very short time. Yeah. And I remember the surfing scene feeling like, is this James Bond trying to be Triple X? I remember thinking that. Well, they, they sought out the director of the State of the Union, right? No, for... the State of the Union came out after. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, but they, so, they, so yeah, Triple X 2 thought was like, whoa, he oh, did a we'll James Bond movie James like Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Tamahori. Anyways, uh, yeah, background stuff. For me, it's a lot more TV shows than movies. Um, okay. But, yeah, because even with movies, I mean, X-Men 3 would be the one where I put in the background because I would hate watching the whole thing. But I just wouldn't watch it then. That's the thing. <laughs> well, it kind of spares you the weeds a little bit. Like, you I can just so. have something on. Like I, like, just... like I was saying, Moonraker is one of the worst James Bond movies. But in this very specific context, it plays okay. Because it's it in a a, inconspicuous Fair. somehow, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I think my go-to is still is still watching like TV shows, specifically ones I've seen a few times already. I'll play, put them on, and just have them play. Okay. So, all right. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to submit a question for a future show, email ryanokavio.ca or nathanokavio.ca, or you can reach us on Hive, co-host, and Instagram, OKVO Podcast. Next week, it is time for a special ranking episode wherein we have opted not to pit our wives against each other and instead will reveal two lists, each ranking the four films Ashley and Brittany respectively submitted for this batch. We will also reveal the subject of our 15th batch of films. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Good luck out there.